The Game Awards has revealed their nominations for every category, and some fans feel that a few games got snubbed, most notably and completely absent from any category is Hogwarts Legacy, and unsurprising to some of us, but the Game of the Year list not including Starfield has some calling foul. I've also seen Diablo 4 mentioned as being largely underrepresented in the nomination list, and this is all leading to many questioning whether or not remakes should be in contention. Basically, some are arguing that the Resident Evil 4 remake should not be in the Game of the Year running, naturally concluding that their favorite game would be there in instead if the Resident Evil 4 remake wasn't up there. So I put all of the good information here at the beginning. If you like these types of streams, it's a longer video because it is a live stream. I open with all of my thoughts and everything, and then I discuss it with a live stream. So make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these live shows. So in the wake of the Game Award nominees being revealed, some are claiming that a few games have been snubbed. I found all of the categories to land pretty much right where I expected, and this was based primarily off of research into how nominations take place. You didn't need to play literally every game that came out this year to see where things were likely going to land. And Jeff Keighley anticipated pushback or even conspiracy theories into how the nominations turned out. The night before they revealed the nominees he tweeted the following he said as a reminder the games nominated at the game awards are selected by a global jury of over 120 media outlets i don't vote on the games although i do have the pleasure of announcing the nominees to you this is why i felt the game of the year category at the very least was the easiest category to predict in my coverage where i predicted the nominations and right before the nominees went live i listed the six that ended up being the official six and i'm only drawing attention to this to dispel the notion that games have been snubbed or that there's any kind of shenanigans going on in other words the global consensus already happens to a degree and the nominees are a reflection of that so before i discuss the three games that people feel have been snubbed in the gaming community, I want to speak to the notion that there is media bias against Xbox or an Xbox tax as that term actually trended on Twitter the day that the nominees were announced. First, it is clear that this is simply untrue as Hi-Fi Rush landed five nominations. This puts it next to Mario and Zelda in the total nomination count. I believe that Hi-Fi Rush deserves the recognition. Before the nominees were revealed, I said one of the surprises might be how often Hi-Fi Rush shows up. And here we sit. It has the same number of nominations as Super Mario Brothers Wonder and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Because again, these nominees are largely a reflection of what the global gaming media felt. And if there was an Xbox bias or an Xbox tax, then Hi-Fi Rush would not be standing tall with the likes of Mario and Zelda. Second, it is clear that quality and excellence are being recognized. Outside of the do remakes deserve to be nominated for Game of the Year discussion, I don't see any valid criticisms or complaints about the games that were nominated in any category except for maybe Hogwarts, and I will discuss that in a moment. So first, let's just talk about Starfield. 
Does Starfield deserve a Game of the Year nomination? Well, that is certainly a big debate point in the wake of the Game Awards announcing the nominees for every category. Landing only one nomination in the RPG category, many Starfield fans feel the title has been snubbed. I personally thought it would land in RPG as well as original score, but the game quality this year proved too difficult for Starfield to snag more than just one nomination. And I think this is ultimately because of three things and all three of these things have nothing to do with whether or not that you think Starfield is a great or even a bad game wherever you land on that spectrum has nothing to do with what I'm about to say ultimately these nominations are pulled from too large of a group to claim something is a result of bias or something has been snubbed or that the entire thing is rigged so the first reason it did not get a game of the year nomination it didn't score high enough and this doesn't mean that review scores determine a game's value to you personally but it's a clear indication of if a game will get a game of the year nomination after 120 outlets weigh in in my previous coverage i pointed out just how many games ranked higher than starfield this again was not to bash starfield but to give a clear picture of where it stood in such a strong year of gaming and i think the constant console warring makes these types of observations automatically turned into something that they are not the game awards are not meant to represent what one side thinks versus another it's supposed to be the result of as much input and data points that is reasonable and if you don't agree with the process or you think the entire thing is a sham then why pay any attention to it and be careful how much you diminish the validity of this event and the awards the nominations alone are a big deal to a lot of the studios and hardworking developers who made these games Ori in the Blind Forest is a great example of a game that surprised everyone the year that it showed up and it had lots of nominations and we got a great sequel to it likely because the popularity of the game got a nice surge from tons of game award nominations small studios get a chance to shine at these things that's a whole another debate about the indie category I don't have any commentary on this at that time but it does seem like that needs to be revisited this leads to my second point about why Starfield did not get a game of the year nomination good isn't good enough in 2023 this is not about good games or your favorite games it's about the absolute top of the charts this is about excellence that's what these awards are for imagine making a game that was highly praised and ranked incredibly well in 2023 and you don't get a game of the year nomination but a game like starfield does this is why predicting the six game of the year nominations wasn't that difficult when you remove bias and preference then you just look at the raw aggregate scores it's clear that good isn't good enough to get on the podium in 2023 and honestly this should be celebrated let's set aside whether or not starfield is a good game or a great game or a bad game let's just set that aside a big and commercially successful bethesda game did not get nominated for game of the year that must mean a lot of great games came out which is related to my last point The last reason that Starfield did not get a Game of the Year nomination is that 
too many games are in front of it and honestly too many games came out this year in a year this dense you have to really break out and deliver excellence in numerous categories to get a game of the year nomination if you've ever watched these shows where they have to remove somebody in a competition these baking shows that you know my wife likes to watch or these singing shows right the closer you get to the end the easier it is to get eliminated the slightest mistake in the baking show and you're out you're done you could be great the whole time and then that little mistake gets you out starfield has enough valid criticisms voiced against it to keep it from the running when the quality or the quantity of games is this high i honestly was shocked that people were shocked and i think the anger is because they are being disillusioned or they were simply in denial because the truth is many can't disconnect preference from reality your your preference or your liking starfield doesn't change the reality of its reception it's continued to score terribly on steam to this day in the last 30 days the score is 49 percent that is simply not a game of the year contender also that is not how bad ports work there was a narrative early on that that the game had been ported poorly well poor ports tend to have their most recent score go up because the game improves with time you can see this with the last of us port you can see this with even jedi survivor as its more recent scores are higher than its overall starfields is the exact opposite its overall score is higher than the most recent because the game isn't slowly improving and getting polished with respect to being a bad port what's happening is the further we get away from the hand-picked review outlets and the early access steam reviews it just becomes crystal clear starfield is not game of the year material but that doesn't mean it can't be your game of the year But what about Hogwarts? Okay, this is the one where I'll probably agree with some people, or at least I'll resonate with why people are upset. Hogwarts Legacy is nowhere to be seen at the Game Awards, and many are claiming this is the biggest snub of the year. While Hogwarts currently stands as the most commercially successful game of 2023, only potentially it might get knocked out by Zelda, but maybe not since it just landed on the Switch. Even though it was the most commercially successful game this year, likely to hold that for the entirety of the year, it did not get a single Game Awards nomination. Not that commercial success plays a role, but it certainly drives a lot of gamers and fans to wonder why it was passed over in every category. In my own personal predictions, I said that I thought Hogwarts stood a chance to get art direction nomination, but nothing else. Not because it's not a good game. It is. I really enjoyed it. Even my wife really enjoyed it. But because this year is so stacked in every category, it would have been really difficult for Hogwarts to squeeze into any of them. Part of this feels like Alan Wake 2 landed and disrupted a lot of the lists. And art direction could be one where Hogwarts had a chance, but was ultimately edged out. The Art Direction's nominations ended up being Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And the category is described as for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. In my opinion, Zelda is largely the same art direction as the previous game, but the technical achievements of Tears of the Kingdom is what likely got it into this category. I felt that the art direction of Hogwarts was strong enough to get a nomination. The castle, the grounds, the creatures, Hogsmeade, and the Room of Requirement, all of that, in my opinion, was excellently done. But 
I think there are three easy reasons to point to why Hogwarts did not land in any of the categories, especially Game of the Year nominations. First, Hogwarts did not land strong enough with its average score. On Open Critic, it is in 59th place with an 84. When every game in the Game of the Year running is a 90 and up, with the exception of Alan Wake 2 at 89, just round that up to 90. We're basically saying all these Game of the Year nominations were in the 90s and up. Now, it's going to be really tough to justify a game getting up there that was in the low 80s according to all the scores. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve to be there. I'm saying the voting determines who is going to be there. And if the overall score lands that significantly lower than the ones that made it, you're not going to get enough votes from the outlets that are voting. So I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it. I'm saying the voting process I didn't see Hogwarts getting up there. Now, I will readily admit that the false drummed-up controversy about Hogwarts Legacy likely led to those scores landing lower. Because if you look at the current Steam scores, they're impressive. A 91% after 161,000 votes. On Xbox's store, it has a 94% out of 5,000 reviews, and an 89% on the PlayStation 5 out of 17,000 reviews. So, I can get why players are upset seeing Hogwarts not get a single nomination. Overall, the user scores are very strong for this game. But something I tried to stress in my predictions about nominations is that the process of voting and the jury is not concerned with user scores. 120 outlets, over 120 outlets voted. And if your game's overall score from the game's media is an 84, it's going to be tough to get a nomination. This doesn't mean that I think Hogwarts doesn't deserve recognition or awards. It just means it's a really tough year. And that's related to my second point. And this is a point I made about Starfield not getting a Game of the Year nomination. Good is not good enough. Hogwarts is actually a really good game. And the criticisms against the game aren't exactly major. And the fact that they got it running well on old-gen consoles, and from the early looks, it looks like it runs well enough on the Nintendo Switch, which is impressive. But good is simply not good enough. And if you think anything on the Game of the Year list should be bumped for Hogwarts, based purely on other category nominations alone, Hi-Fi Rush or Final Fantasy 16 would be more deserving of the Game of the Year category. I saw someone on Twitter claim that this was a shame, since Hogwarts is one of the best games to come out this year. And that can still be true, even if it doesn't land any nominations. 2023 is not exactly a normal year with respect to both the quantity of the games as well as the quality. And that's the final point I want to make about Hogwarts, which is the same point I made about Starfield. There are just too many games in 2023. And I don't think Hogwarts is suffering from recency bias since it was such an early game launch in the year because Hi-Fi Rush landed five nominations and it released before Hogwarts. So Hogwarts didn't do anything wrong in my estimation, except for maybe falling victim to false claims from virtue signaling outlets and Twitter users, but I don't ultimately think this is why it was quote-unquote snubbed. To me, it's kind of like the Olympics. When it is this highly competitive, even really good games are going to get left out in the cold, which is something to celebrate. Your enjoyment or your love for Hogwarts should not be diminished by a lack of presence at the Game Awards. If anything, it should be a comfort to see it lose to such great titles. 2023 was a great year for gaming, and Hogwarts Legacy getting no game nominations is a strong confirmation of that. 
But what about Diablo 4? We're hearing a lot about Diablo 4, and I don't know why, but let's talk about it. In the wake of the Game of Year nominations being announced, a game that I did not expect to see complained about not having enough nominations was Diablo 4. I wouldn't call the game's reception glowing or award-winning. While its overall rank on Open Critic is strong in 26th place with an 88, it isn't faring well with consumers. It has a 3 out of 5 on the Xbox Store, that's a 60%, and it currently has a 58% on Steam out of 4,000 reviews. Its strongest score is on on the PlayStation 5, and it's a 4.1 out of 5, which is an 83%. So I was sort of shocked to see anyone upset at Diablo 4 not getting a lot of nominations. Now, I'm not saying user scores dictate the awards because it's quite the opposite. Over 120 outlets voted, but those outlets represent players who may be in a similar state as the rest of us. They're disappointed. Maybe they're no longer playing. Maybe their opinion of the game has largely changed. Those low scores could be reflected in the way outlets decided to vote as the honeymoon phase with the game ended. Live service games have a disadvantage in these contests. The initial launch and the reviews can land fairly well, but as time goes on, things can fall apart. And that is precisely what has happened with Diablo 4. I even saw Jez Corden taking issue with the fact that Diablo 4 did not get nominated for Best Art Direction. Now, while I agree the cinematics in Diablo 4 are absolutely stellar, as they typically are in a Blizzard game, the Best Art Direction category says it needs to be for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. I don't think Diablo 4 did anything in the realm of dungeon-crawling isometric games that is worthy of an award. And having already praised the cinematics, I don't know if the creative or technical aspects of the animations are that impressive. They certainly aren't bad, but are they award-winning? Are they any better than what we see in Last Epoch or Path of Exile 2? I've seen animations in those games that might actually be better. Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom are all impressive in this category for different reasons. They offer a pretty complete package in the art direction department. I personally think the category will go to either Alan Wake 2 or Lies of P, but overall this year made every category, I think, a knockdown dragout fight. And I said this about both Starfield and Hogwarts. There are just too many games this year. Diablo 4 felt very safe. So I'm glad to see more ambitious or more innovative titles getting nominations over a household name that really, really fell short of expectations. As time has gone on, it's become very clear that Diablo 4 was just not ready for launch. I don't think games with this much development power and budget should be rewarded for what I see as mediocrity. It's why I was glad to see Jedi Survivor only get two nominations. One of those going to Cameron Monaghan, who deserves recognition in spite of how poorly the game's performance was at launch. That's not on him. It's not Cameron's issue. He did a great job and he deserves the nomination. But I was glad to see Jedi Survivor underrepresented even though it was probably my second favorite game this year because it launched in such a terrible state. And I think this played a role in Diablo 4's absence from a lot of the categories 
at the Game Awards. It was nominated for Best Multiplayer and Innovation in Accessibility. And while I think Innovation in Accessibility should be applauded, that nomination does not really speak to the game's overall quality. But it will likely lose Best Multiplayer to Baldur's Gate 3 or Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Both are tough games to beat this year. So, did Diablo 4 get snubbed? I don't think so. I think they should be more worried about not snubbing their community with bad updates, patches, or weak content. Or really expensive cosmetics because from where I sit game awards are not Diablo 4's main concern it has much bigger fish to fry so if the game wants to win anything it should start by winning back a lot of the goodwill and support from the community before worrying about winning any awards but what about remakes right should remakes be up there right why are there remakes in the running why is there a remake up there for for game of the year Should remakes be nominated for Game of the Year in the Game Awards? Well, for starters, I will admit that you could compel me to not actually include remakes in the Game Awards. But the problem is, games like Resident Evil 4 Remake are not just a remake. The first Resident Evil 4 game came out 18 years ago, and the remake is, for all intents and purposes, a brand new game. And I know people will say, but it's still the same game at its core. The Game Awards are about recognizing excellence in game design and development. And taking an 18-year-old game, remaking virtually everything, and being recognized as one of the best and highest rated games of the year, well, I think that's worthy of something. But I think the real reason people are taking aim at Resident Evil 4 Remake is because they have a game that they think deserves to be in the game of the year running. So let's consider this for a moment. First and foremost, the Resident Evil 4 Remake, if it wasn't up there, would it be replaced by Starfield? That is one that continues to get thrown out there that people believe should be up there in the running. Hi-Fi Rush has a better chance from the Xbox side of things. If you're looking at the titles that Xbox had come out this year, the people sort of cheering for Starfield are commonly cheering for Xbox. I actually think Hi-Fi Rush has a better chance. Like, if if, let's just imagine Resident Evil 4 Remake gets disqualified because it's a remake. This is never going to happen, but hypothetically, if that were to happen, Hi-Fi Rush has the same number of nominations as Super Mario Bros. Wonder and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And its overall score and reception is far better than Starfield. So I see a lot of people from the Xbox side of the community expressing a lot of anger about the Resident Evil 4 remake. Some are even drawing comparisons between Starfield and Super Mario Bros. Wonder, which just betrays a level of bias that is not worth taking serious. But the idea that if the Resident Evil 4 remake wasn't getting a Game of the Year nomination, somehow Starfield would sneak in, absolutely not. And the same goes for Hogwarts Legacy. Again, I understand why folks are upset at not seeing Hogwarts up there. It's completely absent from every category. It had a very, very strong consumer response, stronger than the game's media, and that's why it didn't get a nomination. It was voted on by 120 outlets. It was not voted on by the gaming public. So everyone's looking at Resident Evil 4 Remake and thinking it should not be up there. There's other games that should be. Now, the two games that I could see having the most potential to sneak into the game of the year running if the Resident Evil 4 Remake was not there is Diablo 4 and Final Fantasy 16. 
Again, this is based purely on score and media reception, since they are the ones voting. The media is the one weighing in here. Diablo 4's problem is the people voting have probably seen their opinion of the game go down in the recent months. So with four total nominations, I think Final Fantasy 16 is the game that I would push into the Game of the Year nominations list if the Resident Evil 4 remake was not present. At the end of the day, the race being so tight that your favorite game didn't make it, I actually think that that should be celebrated. Targeting Resident Evil 4 Remake and saying that it shouldn't be up there I think is a waste of energy, and it just ends up looking very petty. If anything, some of the games that weren't nominated are being talked about more than if they even were nominated, which is actually good for games like Hogwarts since it just launched on the Nintendo Switch. This is an awful lot of free press talking about how great the game was, right? I'm sure that's probably going to be pretty good for their sales this holiday season, especially when the Game Awards happens. This will happen again. It'll stir up again. Everyone will say, why wasn't Hogwarts there at all? Now, people are trying to claim that Keeley or the event don't want them there. Hogwarts was included in the Game Awards concert, so that's not at all true. When they were actually able to dictate who was there, they were there. They can't dictate who gets nominated. It's according to the outlets that vote. So this is tons of free press for the games that did not get nominated. Don't take it out on Resident Evil 4 Remake. It got tons of praise and critical acclaim. And the same goes for Starfield, Diablo, and Final Fantasy 16. They're getting great press right now, right? If that was one of your favorite games, that's pretty cool. From where I sit, when the contest is so close that people feel certain games were snubbed, I think we're in a great place as gamers. And I'll be honest, I want to see some of my favorite games win this year, but given how many great games have been nominated, I honestly can't imagine having a single issue with the outcome or the winners. And that is something worth celebrating. So let me give you my thoughts and my uh, conclusions there. That was, a, I think it just made four videos, all right? Four thoughts on Starfield, Hogwarts, Diablo 4, and whether or not the Resident Evil 4 remake should be up there. So the first thing I want to say is this. The dialogue surrounding game snubs, it does surprise me in some ways, but in other ways, I'm not surprised at all. Those claiming that there is an Xbox tax seem to have no idea how many great games actually came out this year. It reminds me of the time that I saw somebody, once they bought a PlayStation 5, they said that they felt that they had been lied to. They followed way too many Xbox-centric podcasts, and they were like, these games are great. I've been lied to for a long time, okay? I would encourage you, (laughs) expand your horizons. Games like Super Mario Bros. Wonder can be a blast. Spider-Man 2 is fantastic. Alan Wake 2 is getting universal praise. These games should not be ignored simply because they're not Xbox First Party or because they're not on Game Pass, okay? So I wasn't surprised that that dialogue got stirred up. I, I, I didn't even really want to talk about that today, so I decided to talk about a bunch of games instead of just talking about Starfield, okay? I think a lot of people have been disillusioned from realizing that game is good, but it is not award-winning. And that's fine. That's not a big deal, <laughs> all right? The part that surprised me was folks invoking Diablo 4 and Hogwarts. Hogwarts, I understood, okay? Once I saw the disparity between the consumer score and the media... I did not expect Hogwarts to get much of anything when we looked at its standing overall throughout the year. Again, I'm not pointing to that to say that Hogwarts doesn't deserve awards. I'm merely saying 
if you know how the jury system works, I knew Hogwarts wasn't going to get anything except for maybe art direction. Now, when it comes to Diablo 4, I'm actually kind of glad that Blizzard and that team are not getting any recognition this year, okay? It's a rush game. It's got undeserved scores and praise. I think there's both advantages and disadvantages to live service games. They got great scores because the campaign and the initial content loop experience had everybody saying, yay, but as time goes on, the public's opinion can deservedly wane and then you don't get any nominations. So I'm actually glad. Diablo 4 doesn't deserve any praise or adulation. They did zero innovation on the genre that they exist in. I really would love to see Last Epoch and Path of Exile 2 kick them out of the water. Uh, Generally speaking, I believe Diablo 4 is a regression from Diablo 3 in a lot of ways, most notably the leveling and the skill trees. Very boring, very canned. I don't think they deserve any, any votes, okay? Cinematics, okay, maybe, but that's not enough, I don't think, to trump all the other amazing games this year. Now, the second thing I want to say is remakes deserve nominations when they hit the level of quality and acclaim that Resident Evil 4 Remake has achieved. It isn't even a game that I have a long-standing history with. I don't have some nostalgic connection to Resident Evil. This really isn't even my style of game, right? I want to actually try it in VR when that comes out because it actually looks really, really cool. But I loved Resident Evil 7. Didn't like 8 as much, but 7 was the one that I tried for the very first time. I tried Resident Evil for the first time with 7 and I loved it. And Resident Evil 4 Remake was just sort of not really in my wheelhouse. But I can look at the game, I can look at the graphics, I can look at the achievements that they pulled off, like just this scene right here with these two gigantic guys that they have to fight. Not this room, it's it's coming up. Just looking at these, you know, gameplay sections in and of themselves and, and hearing the overwhelming praise, it just makes perfectly good sense to me why this game has been nominated. I mean, just look at this sequence right here. Like, come on, all right? It's clear that they achieved something worthy of praise, all right? Get over it. Your game probably wouldn't have been up there anyway if Resident Evil 4 Remake wasn't up there. So, my conclusion is this. In one of the best years in gaming that we've had in a long time, I expect debates to spring up in response to the nominations, which, if you can zoom out on this, (laughs) and if you cannot take this personal, I actually think this is an exciting thing. I would rather have a year where there are so many good games that I now have a longer backlog and even have a year where a bunch of my favorites either don't win or they don't get nominated, okay? I'd rather have that than a year that is so thin that we feel like some games just win by default, like there just wasn't enough competition. So if you cheered for Starfield or Hogwarts Legacy or Final Fantasy 16 or Diablo 4 and you feel they did not get their due attention... Well, that doesn't mean your favorite game isn't good. It just means it wasn't good enough. So cheer, argue, debate, discuss. 2023 was a great year in gaming, and that's something we can all cheer for. And that's a show open. Just under 30 minutes. Oh, that opening monologue. I wrote so much. I was like, that's going to be way too long, bro. How many pages? 43 pages. (laughs) I went so fast. That's the longest... I think that might be one of the longest monologues I've ever written. And that was not me, like, trying to cover some ABK deal and, like, pulling out PDFs. Uh, I really enjoyed covering that. I think this is a great topic. I think this is a great time to be a gamer. If, you're, if, you're, if your best game, your favorite game, didn't get up there, come on, man. I, how great of a year did we have if so many amazing games are not getting 
you know, any attention. CrossFit Nerd started us off with 10 gifted members. Thank you so much. We're going to come right out of the gate nice and strong. You guys have about 3,000 members. 3,500 is the goal. I got to reverse sear a ribeye and eat it with ketchup and ruin it if we hit 3,500. We did this a while ago. Shooter Forever hit three months of membership. Only Sea of Stars and Pizza Towers were actual indies. Uh, the rest released were developed by publishers. Yeah, I I wanted, I don't want to talk about that. That's a separate subject entirely. I will say this. I think what they should do is introduce a new category called Small Studio or Small Studios or something. Um you know, uh, best game from a small studio and any studio that's like under a hundred employees, under 75 employees, I don't know, under 50 have people generally vote any studio that's like under that employee count, then it would be then up for vote. But what we're doing is, is we're conflating indie titles with small studios so a small studio who's backed by a publisher is getting nominated. So I don't want to have a big, long discussion about that. I primarily want to talk about everything I just walked through, right? Like 30-minute show open. That's what I'm concerned with. I'm not super concerned with the indie category because that's something Jeff Keeley's going to have to consider. I think they need to adjust those categories personally. Keep the indies indies and then introduce a new category called you know small studios or something like that. Mario Wonder seems a tad overrated. It's not on the same level as the other games. I don't think that that opinion matters when a jury of 120 people are voting and the game has been so critically acclaimed. Like, you can certainly think, oh, it's overrated. I didn't like it. But according to the process, the critical acclaim of Super Mario Bros. Wonder is undeniable. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's incredible according to the press. So they're either all completely wrong and off their rockers or maybe it's just not your kind of game. Yo, Brightside with five gifted members puts us on the doorstep of a 10-bomb getting us a 25. Nice layup. Thank you so much, sir. Let's get the coffee in the frame. Bunch of people ordered coffee yesterday. If you guys are going to order your coffee, get it in. Get those coffee orders in. I will be out of town next week for the holiday. We appreciate you guys so, so much. So if you're trying to get some Reforged Roast, we put it on a little spinner here to remind you that we have it. It's a light roast and a dark roast. It has balanced acidity. If you've never tried coffee with balanced acidity before, you owe it to yourself to give it a try. That's not a sponsor, by the way. That is ours. And my wife and kiddos ship it to you. So thank you so much. And we are live right now. This is a live show that we do Monday through Friday. And if you enjoy these types of shows, make sure and smash that like button. Hit subscribe so you can talk in the chat. Uh, that way, you're also more likely to get a gifted member if you're interacting with the channel. Where's Frickmas? It will be here very soon. Excuse me. It will be here very soon. Hello, Angry Kangaroo. How are you? RE4 has not been remastered ten times. Um. Sorry, taking a drink. Speaking of coffee. Taking a drink of the coffee. When will we be getting Frickmas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week. This well, you probably won't be able to order it until I'm back. The spinner is just so slow. Yeah, I, I don't want it to be spinning like a merry-go-round, like whipping the coffee off the table. Uh, Patrick comes in and gifts a member. Thank you so much, Patrick Q. So so loyal and always gifting members. I want to know what you guys think about the idea of a game getting snubbed do you feel any game was genuinely snubbed 
right? I nominate Lono for the best scripted openings. Thank you. I will have the Elgato teleprompter here very soon. It'll make those openings a lot easier on me. I have to like look right above the camera and it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a task. (laughs) Did you see the article about Sony engineer hinting cloud coming to portal? No, I did not, but I tried telling folks. It's like, there's no way they don't do that. But again, that's not the subject for today. I've not seen that yet though. I will hopefully have mine today or tomorrow. Uh, weird twist didn't take uh to win game of the year in 2022. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, was there a Sony tax? Yeah, take two. Uh, it it takes two did win game of the year in it was 2021, wasn't it? Gifted membership from Joker Quinn because last year was Elden Ring and the year before that was it takes two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hogwarts got snubbed because of weirdos. Here's the issue with Hogwarts, okay? I think two things happened. Number one, I think Hogwarts consumer reception is overwhelmingly positive, and I believe it's deserved. They gave something to Harry Potter fans that no other game company I don't think has up to this point done. There's a handful of Harry Potter games out there. This game was at an excellent caliber for those fans like it's a great game okay it is but then it's greatness doesn't actually shine in the in the overall standings of the year it becomes a good game it becomes a good game when all the other games come out it's kind of like if you've ever been watching the olympics and your favorite person gets up and let's say they're doing the long jump and you're like wow they jumped really far and you think They're in a great position. Their great position becomes a good position when someone jumps farther than them. And I think that's ultimately what happened to Hogwarts Legacy. Great game. Bunch of other games come out and it's like, now it's kind of considered a good game. And yes, I do believe it's overall aggregate score for the year when you look at Open Critic. I do believe it's lower than it should be. I do, and I think some of that's due to the controversy. I think there were outlets that took out its knees and gave it a lower score than it deserved because they didn't want to be accused of anything. I do think that played a role. I do. Um, Because generally speaking, the user scores are really, really high, and if you look at what the game offered and what the game achieved, you know, I think there were a lot of outlets that, you know, shortchanged it. I also think, okay... I also think a lot of outlets aren't going to vote for it. You know, they're like, I'm not voting for that game. You know, are you kidding me? I think that's enough to chop it short. So did it get quote unquote snubbed? You have to understand something. You have to understand something. The way that these votes and these, this, this polling of this jury system happens, Hogwarts stood no chance I think even if Hogwarts had a slightly higher score, it had no chance of getting into Game of the Year. No way. There were other games that got more nominations, had higher scores, were, were had, had higher reception from the media. So the media is the one voting. So even if you bumped up Hogwarts to like an 88 or an 87 or something, and it was ranked a little bit higher, I still think it was going to struggle because of that. Some site called the Telegraph wrote a review, and this is the headline. Hogwarts Legacy Review. 
controversial wizarding wish fulfillment is as much muddle as magic yeah i mean they gave it a three out of five i mean there were people that literally gave it bad scores because of the issues okay i still don't know if in the year that we've had i still don't know even if all those outlets set their bias aside or the controversy aside i still don't know if it would have been able to get up there for game of the year i was surprised it didn't get art direction you know, we could have a debate about whether or not The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom deserves to be up there, but then when I looked at the category and it said technical achievement, I was like, oh, Tears of the Kingdom did a lot technically that was impressive for the fact that it's running on the Switch, the size of the world, the stuff that you can do. Can Spider-Man win? I actually think Spider-Man, I'm, I'm dead serious, I think Spider-Man's going to walk away with nothing. I'm dead serious. It's got seven nominations and like every category it shows up in, I think it's going to lose. It's the, the year is just too tough. It's just too tough. Maybe sound design. I think it's been nominated seven times. So it's chances. When you look at seven times, you think, oh yeah, that's a lot of chances. But then you look what it's going up against and it's like every time it's up there, there's like Baldur's Gate's up there or Zelda's up there. That makes it really, really hard. That makes it really, really hard. Because in many people's minds, Baldur's Gate 3 and The Legend of Zelda are the front runners for the year. So anytime you're up in a category with those two games, you're having you're gonna have a really hard time winning. You know, you really are. Now it could be my wife and I used to watch America's Got Talent. And one year, a guy won against two singers. And we thought, oh, the singers cannibalized each other. Because people that watch America's Got Talent that love singing can only vote for one person. And so the singing vote got split. There is a potential chance in some of those categories that Baldur's Gate 3 and Zelda are sort of viewed as the two front runners, And everybody's like choosing between them. And they end up cannibalizing each other. And something like Spider-Man could sneak up above and get more votes. Does that make sense? You're going to have a lot of people that are like, ooh, they basically feel like they're picking between Baldur's Gate and Zelda, and that could potentially give Spider-Man the leg up. Now, in Game of the Year, no, I, I think that goes to Baldur's Gate, no, no, no challenge. But I think in the other categories, you could see that, that met out in the voting, that Spider-Man or another game has a shot in the other categories because those two will start to potentially cannibalize each other. But why is it going to have a hard time because of a biased industry? I don't think Spider-Man's going to have a hard time because of a biased industry, unless you're talking about a different game. I don't think there's a bias against Spider-Man. It got seven nominations. That doesn't look like bias to me. I don't think there's an Xbox tax. I don't. I think Hi-Fi Rush proves that in spades. Regarding Starfield, hang on a second. I can't scroll back up. What did you say? Like, the way I have to squish Discord, I can never click on what you're saying. Poor ports tend to have their more recent scores go up because they improve with time. The fact that Starfield released in the state that it did meant that there wasn't an acceptable baseline to compare against it to determine what was an improvement. The picture is from the last opt-in beta patch notes. It's been two months, and they're still addressing crippling memory leaks 
stability, core gameplay bugs and issues, interface issues, broken core quests, and so much more. They frankly shouldn't have gotten any nominations. People need to stop celebrating and promoting crappy corporate decisions that result in less than half-baked games. Especially with how many other games blew by it, uh, blew it out of the water this year, relatively speaking. Right, but in general, Paris, if you go look at the review scores that are negative right now in the last 30 days on Starfield, they're not talking about any of those issues. I went and checked just the other day, and it's people that have put in 50, 60, and 100 hours that are like, I can't recommend this game. They're not like, oh, it's bad, I can't get it to run, it's a bad port. They're like, yeah, I can't recommend this game, it's not a good game. Or, or maybe not, they don't, they're not saying it's not a good game, they're saying I can't recommend this game. It's a dichotomous way to score a game in, in Starfield, right? You either recommend it or you don't. So they can have a lot of nuance in their review and a lot of things that they praise. Like that day that Doc Dark stopped by and we went and read Starfield reviews. I read one and I was like, this guy liked a lot of things, but ultimately the bad outweighed the good and he said he couldn't recommend it. That doesn't mean he thinks the game is a bad game after 100 hours. He's saying, I put in 100 hours, I've combed over every system and the bad outweighs the good. It doesn't mean the game is trash. It just means the guy can't give it a thumbs up, you know? So, I again, my point was, th- there's no indication that that game is getting bad scores. It's also not getting great scores on Xbox. There's no indication that it is performance-related. Like, oh, there's bugs and there's glitches, it's a bad port. The overwhelming consensus from virtually every negative review you can go find, they will mention performance, but it is not the central issue. It's never the central issue. You could probably cherry pick and find some people that have said that, but when you have that many reviews, that you all you got to do is go and read a couple. Nobody's saying, yeah, bad game runs bad, here's a bad score. If they were saying that, they'd get a refund and play it for an hour. Nobody plays a bad port for 50 to 60 hours. They don't. Bad ports get eviscerated. Jedi Survivor and The Last of Us port prove this. The Steam community does not plug away and tolerate bad ports. It simply isn't true. Stores should add a cool but can pass button instead of just do or don't recommend. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought Steam could look into a better scoring system. Like... You have to give it so many stars for graphics, so many stars for performance, so many stars for story, uh, gameplay, whatever. And then it gives you an average star score after. You'd obviously have people that just go one star, one star, one star, and people that just go five star, five star, five star. But those people that write those thoughtful reviews would probably give you like a, you know, oh yeah, performance is a three out of five, gameplay is a three and a half. You know, graphics is a two. Like, they would give, like, a varying, you know, response depending on what they think in each individual category for the game. Xbox has a different crowd. I'm interested to see what the future has with Microsoft trying to buy the industry. It's a money grab when we need innovation. I mean, here's the thing. I said this yesterday, that... In my estimation, barring and ignoring, what about esports coaches? I don't follow that. I don't have any idea about esports coaches. You asking that question's weird. You're here all the time. You think I'm tuned into the esports world, brother? Have I ever talked about it before in my life? <laughs> yeah, Lono's always yammering away about those esports coaches. Um, 
Uh, except for Hogwarts Legacy. I, I will give room for Hogwarts Legacy not getting its just attention. It should have gotten some categories. It, it was a good game. And it did great things in categories like art direction and I would even say original score. But outside of that, I don't see any evidence of an Xbox tax. I don't see any evidence of like a bias against Xbox. When your game can get as many nominations as The Legend of Zelda, when your game can get as many nominations as Super Mario Bros. Wonder, then you don't really get to claim that, right? I'm talking about this person was nominated and he himself didn't even coach last year. I, yeah, I don't have an opinion on that because I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they base the nominations. These are inspired by the aesthetic and tone of the movie's existing work, but you're not finding this level of detail walking around the houses in the movies and the theme parks. Yeah, I, I, I did want to push back a little bit, though, on that. Yeah, like Eugene said that yesterday. There is not that much evidence of one-to-one lifted artwork from the, from the Harry Potter movies into the video game. A lot of the castle was created purely based on descriptions from the books. I, you don't get these in-depth looks of the houses, the aesthetic of the houses. You don't get that. Now, there are rooms that they certainly one-to-one create, right? They one-to-one create certain rooms, like where they're messing with the plants and stuff or whenever they're going into the room for uh, the sorting ceremony. Yeah, those are one-to-one, but many of the rooms and many of the spaces in the castle were completely made based off of purely descriptions as well as just art-style inspiration from like what they thought it should look like. The amount of small details included in the castle surrounding areas. Yes, and the technical achievement of the Room of Requirement is actually really impressive. How, how the Room of Requirement operates is really, really cool. It really is. And so that is the one I'll grant you. Like, they should have got art direction, maybe something else. I don't think Hogwarts stood a chance to get a Game of the Year nomination. That I will not agree with. I won't agree with that. There are too many games that got higher scores, better reception, more votes, more nominations. Hogwarts would not have gotten a Game of the Year nomination. I just don't think so. Again, I'm basing this purely off of the jury process. I'm not basing this off of my own personal opinion. Could Hogwarts have been in the RPG category? I had somebody say this to me. Paul said this on Twitter. And I felt like the universe had flipped upside down on me. He said that he felt Hogwarts was more of an RPG than Lies of P. And I was like, what? In my estimation, people that really, really defend the terminology in the category of RPG, people that really defend RPG typically point to games like Lies of P where you have all these stats and completely different customizable builds and weapons that completely change the way you play the game and in Hogwarts you don't really have that you have a bunch of abilities that you can unlock you have a bunch of things you can unlock and he's like oh well choosing the houses has a huge effect on the game and I'm like it has like what like one or two side quests that open up to you because of the house that you choose, it doesn't change the story. It doesn't change the ending. I I don't know. I think that that's probably open for debate. But historically, I feel like games like Lies of P are considered a role-playing game more so than a game like Hogwarts Legacy. But I, 
it's such a broad term nowadays well yeah because there are games where the rpg elements are really light like in an action rpg like an open world action rpg you can have really really low level rpg mechanics and you can have like super in-depth rpg mechanics in a game like uh baldur's gate 3 You sent me down as a kid in the late 80s when Mario and Zelda are the two best games I've ever played. Tell me, I'm 30 in 35 years these two are still the best. Well, if, yeah, that's the thing. The, those guys, man, they're all the, the Nintendo development teams, man. They're the kings at innovation. They do great work within the framework of their games. The fact that that clip of somebody comparing Starfield to Super Mario Brothers Wonder, I'm like does he realize that he made the Mario game look better? Like, the Mario game looks fantastic. Like, how biased are you? You think just because it's a 2D side... I saw people saying that because Super Mario Bros. Wonder was a 2D side-scroller, it shouldn't be full price. And I'm so glad that that ignorant and stupid notion has been just obliterated by the commercial success of Super Mario Bros. Wonder and how the nominations have gone. I think people like that should feel foolish. They should look at what the general public and the consumer and the critics are saying, and you should feel foolish. You're talking about a genre that is timeless. Like, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, we're all waiting on Hollow Knight Silk Song. Like, you really think because it's a 2D side-scroller, it doesn't deserve adulation and praise? Are we going to say the same thing about, like, dungeon crawlers? Like, we're not going to give Hades praise? Like, come on. That's ridiculous. Just because you don't like the genre, that's silly. That's silly. Some there's amazing games out there that that have innovated and created amazing games within the 2D side-scrolling genre. I don't think we need to discount something simply because it decides to build within that world. Gears wasn't better than Breath of the Wild. Let's be honest. I, I people always say, "Here's my opinion." Let's be honest. What do you mean? Somebody could completely disagree with you and not be being dishonest. You know what I'm saying? I don't care that Starfield wasn't up for Game of the Year, but it not being nominated for Best Original Score is a crime. I thought those were the two categories it was going to get, Cisco. I thought Starfield's going to get RPG and Original Score would be its nominations. I was shocked it didn't get nominated for Score. I think it just comes down to the fact that this year is really, really tough. It's really, really tough. And I think it likely was the next in line. It, li- it likely was the next in line. That would be my guess, is that if they would have done, I think, what they do, five nominations? If they would have done six nominations, I bet you Starfield would have been up there. I think it would have been. I, the, I was, I, again, I was actually shocked. That was the one, that was the only category where I was like, really? I was like, Starfield's not up there? Best art direction, I would take Mario off the list and put Hogwarts Legacy. I think the difficulty is taking Mario off and putting on Hogwarts Legacy, you'd have to argue that Super Mario Brothers Wonder didn't do the, the what the what the what the category describes, right? Outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation here's the problem nothing in hogwarts is technically outstanding it's all artistically pristine but it's not technically impressive i think 
Super Mario Brothers Wonder gets to check both the the technical creativity, I'm sorry, the technical outstanding nature of it, as well as the creativity. It gets to check both boxes. I would even argue that Hogwarts Legacy is not exactly what I would call creative, it's more interpretive. They interpreted the books and the movies into the castle. I believe they deserve credit for that. But I wouldn't say it's like, oh, this is outstandingly creative. But they didn't create the world. J.K. JK Rowling did. And they interpreted it. I will... That's right. That's right. The, the room of requirement is technically impressive. You're right. I did say that. That is true. I don't know if it's impressive enough. It's not throughout the entire game, I guess, would be the problem. That is true. That is the one thing they did in Hogwarts Legacy that I will say was technically impressive. The The room of requirement is awesome. They... Again, the press might not agree. They might look at the room of requirement and be like, I've played plenty of sim games where I can decorate a room. That's what a lot of people might think about it. Broken Lobo says, Game of the Year should be held in January of the following year. It gives everyone time to play and sit with games and revisit standouts from earlier in the year. Yeah, they're never going to do that based off of viewership, marketing, and money. That, that'll never happen. January would be like the worst possible time of year to do it. All the marketing dollars that Keeley can get for companies that want to market in early December for the holidays, you're talking about he'd probably get about half as much money. It would never happen. Armored Core 6 should have gotten story... It broke my heart. I had to betray all my friends in the end. I don't know what you're talking about, but as far as story goes, I hope Final Fantasy 16 wins. I think its story is spectacular. I feel like I'm watching a dadgum TV show, dude. It's, an, it's incredible. I feel like I'm watching something that should be on HBO. It's just phenomenal. If you guys have never been here before and you want to join the conversation, smash that like button, but hit subscribe. Subscribing is free. It costs nothing. Uh, We clearly have a lot of people here today. Look at that. Make sure you guys are smashing the like button. And uh, we put Starfield on the thumbnail, and a lot of you guys tune in hoping, I guess, to get maybe a clip of me hating on the game. I feel like I've been very fair this morning in my treatment of it in that it's not that it's not a great game or that it's a bad game or that it's not a good game. It's that it just wasn't good enough. The year was just way too tough, you know? Way too tough. Um, the Baldur's Gate 3 story is way better than Final Fantasy sixteen. Anytime Baldur's Gate 3 is in the category, it's going to be hard for everybody else to win. You know? I did. Everything I've heard from every single outlet, review, I've watched a lot of video reviews, I've read a lot of reviews, I've, I've heard a lot of what you guys have said about the game. I think it's going to be really, really tough. You know? So, I tell you what, you're not... I don't, I don't really understand the wavelength you're on, dude. You're pushing something that's just not a part of the conversation. I, I'm not really sure what you're doing. Um, I've seen some discourse about if a game gets Game of the Year nom, it shouldn't be nominated in any genre-specific categories. Top opening... Oh, to open things up a bit. What are your thoughts? That would create nonsensical logic to the Game Awards. Right? So someone would say, let's just, let's just say they did that. 
right? Well, then someone would turn around and say, well, this game won for best RPG, and it also won for best soundtrack, and it also won for best art direction. Why didn't it win game of the year? Like, it would create this weird dissonance where people were like, I don't understand. It won all these categories, but it didn't win game of the year. I don't think you can create those kind of awkward stipulations. Like, if you're game of the year, you're going to be taking a bunch of categories, dude. That's just the way that it goes. You're the best. You did really great work. So, you're going to get you're going to get awards in, you know, art direction or direction or whatever, you know. I think it would just confuse people. They would they wouldn't understand. They'd be like, "Wait, I don't understand." This game won four awards and it doesn't get game of the year. You would basically make the game of the year have the least amount of awards. That's not how film awards works. It follows the same mechanics. What do you mean, Eric? Final Fantasy 16 was my first Final Fantasy, easily my game of the year. What an epic Mad Combat Variety 2. Never seen so many combat abilities in a skill tree. An active time lore is revolutionary. I mean, it's stellar. Look at Elden Ring. What do you mean, look at Elden Ring? Because it was in the, all the other categories? I'm not sure what you mean. I don't like games like Baldur's Gate 3, but if you see how it's praised, I can't go, get around the fact that it's loved. Right. A lot of people misunderstand because they're either they're either not tuned in to how the game awards work so I mean ignorance is is forgivable I think sometimes like they just don't know I don't think a lot of people know that when like someone like myself makes predictions about the game of the year winners I'm not saying I have played every game that came out this year and these are the winners you'll notice a lot of the people that take issue with that they're like well you didn't play all the games guaranteed they didn't either guaranteed they didn't play every game that came out this year therefore according to their own logic they're unable to speak on the issue therefore nobody's able to speak on the issue did you play every single game that came out this year no well then you can't say what what deserves to be game of the year or not you could have missed a banger it the logic doesn't track the game of the year nominations and the game awards and predictions about what's get nominated is 100% purely based off of the jury process and where the games landed according to the media. I've I've never once tried to insinuate that like, oh yeah, I've played all these games, this is the game that deserves it or this is the game that's going to win. It's like, no, I've looked at the games media across the board and it's like these are the games that are going to be recognized. If the only people who can talk about games worthy of game of the year or worthy of game votes are the people who all play every single game, well, the only people that would be qualified to talk are deranged people that literally obsessively play every game that ever comes out. That would be like two people in the world. You're going to have them vote on the games, right? Well, you live terminally on Twitter and you play every single game that came out this year. Well, what do you think? Like, that's not how you would do an award ceremony. So I think too often in these discussions, people don't quite understand that the game awards are not meant to be a debate about your own, oh, this is what I think. No, it's it's representing what the game's media has determined about all the games that have come out. And the good thing is, 
Keely includes so many outlets that you can't claim shenanigans or bias. Like, you really think that uh, over 120 outlets weighed in and they're all like, yeah, we've really got it in. We've really got it in for Xbox titles this year. That just isn't the case. If that were the case, and Hi-Fi Rush wouldn't be up there so many times. It wouldn't be. So it's like, again, I think so many people are ignorant about how the process works that they enter these debates with this preconceived notion that, like, I'm not giving, you know, Starfield or whatever game, oh, I'm not giving it its due praise. Like, one of my favorite games this year was Hogwarts Legacy. It was one of the games I played the most. And I don't think it got enough praise to get nominations. That's just being honest. Like, like even in some of the categories where my personal favorite game this year, my personal game of the year is Spider-Man 2, and I know it's going to win maybe one or two out of the seven nominations that it got. I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't stand a chance. The year is too tough. It's great that it got nominated. Good for them. Good for the people who worked on it. That's high praise. But it's likely going to walk away from most of the, most of the face-offs. It's going to lose. It's just a really, really tough year. And if a game like Spider-Man 2 can get nominated seven times, and I can say as a huge fan of the game that I don't think it's going to win a lot of those awards, if that's the reality, then where do you think your game lands, truly? Like, where do you honestly think, you know, Starfield lands or Hogwarts lands? In the grand scheme of things, if I'm sitting here telling you that a game in the low 90s that's been nominated seven times and it's like my favorite game and I'm sitting here just being honest I'm like I don't think it's going to win a lot of those awards just how much of a chance do you think Starfield stands or or a game like Hogwarts stands like not, come on they're not even close to the critical acclaim or praise they're not even close they're not even in the same league and that's fine you can still love the game and still enjoy it but we're talking about the, the, the game awards are not, again, they're not about like console warring or bias or Xbox tax. It's not, it's none of that. It's over 120 outlets that weighed in and said, this is what we think. A lot of great games came out this year. Here's where we think they land. And I, and I, I think it's awesome. I think, I think having this many great games and, and this many people debating I think is excellent. There absolutely is bias against Hogwarts Legacy. I do not think that that kept it out of the game of the year running. I do think it should have been nominated in other categories, but overwhelmingly, there were enough outlets that gave it a lower score because of the fake controversy and therefore it didn't get included. Now, I don't think that has anything to do with the Game Awards because the Game Awards did a concert earlier this year and Hogwarts Legacy was included. So when they can include it of their own choice, they included Hogwarts. So there's no shenanigans going on. It's not like Jeff Keighley or the Game Awards or any any of the any of the the, the board or the oversight committee anybody that has anything to do with the game awards they don't have anything again per, anything against personally hogwarts they don't they wouldn't have included it in the concert they didn't have to do that a two spot says justice for abe why justice for abe what happened to abe what happened with abe i, I missed the joke I, I didn't i don't i have not seen what you guys are joking about i'm not going to try to scroll up and figure it out either <laughs> 
five gifted members from Joker Quinn taking us to 22 members on the day. By the end of the week, you guys have till the end of this week to get 3,500 members. We have 3,000 members right now. Actually, I think we have like 3,100. Um, we have 3,100. If you guys do that, we're going to do another reversed, reverse year ribeye that I had to put ketchup on, which is torture. I basically ruin a perfectly good steak. And, uh, yeah, you guys can be a part of that. You guys can make that happen. If you, you have until the end of this week, cause I will be out of town next week. Yeah. We're right at, we're at 3,100 members. I gifted earlier. Oh my gosh, Abe. I missed you gift. Oh, okay. I am sorry. I missed a couple of things. Big Evil with 11 months of membership says, for them to not give Hogwarts anything, not even best score, is horrendous. And then Abe with a gifted member. I am so sorry, Abe. Justice for Abe. There it is. There's the gifted member for from Abe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I also missed that re-up. I also missed the re-up. I, the reason I don't think they got original score is because I think a lot of the music, when you're drawing on music that was, was written before, it'd be like giving a Star Wars game original score if a lot of it's not original if a lot of it's like uh, you know melodies from the movies Danny with 19 months and a VIP I wish it would have gotten a nom so I wouldn't have to hear the snubbed claims I'll be honest with you Eugene I think if Hogwarts would have received if Hogwarts would have received the art direction nomination, which is what I believed it, it stood a chance to, to, to get nominated and win. DK Beggar with a gifted member. Thank you so much, DK Beggar. Um, if it if it got that category, I still think people would claim that it got snubbed. Yeah, Abe was snubbed. That's right. That's right. Hashtag Abe was snubbed. <laughs> Justice for Abe. That's right. That's that's more controversial than anything. But I got to I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, if Hogwarts would have only gotten art direction, people would still be claiming that it got snubbed because there were people that believed it deserved a Game of the Year nomination. They they believe that. And at one level, I understand why they think that. I don't necessarily disagree with the idea that the game achieves something really really great. I think the problem is, I think the problem is, is that my analogy was the long jump in the Olympics. Your jump can look really great until somebody else comes along and they jump and now your great jump only looks good. I think they just got leapfrogged. I just think a ton of games came out that were really, really good and they got turned into a, man, this game is great and they got knocked down a peg comparatively that see i think that's what people keep missing that doesn't mean it's not a good game it's not suddenly a bad game because it got knocked down a peg comparatively right comparatively the guy in the olympics in the 100 meter dash in fifth place would still smoke all of us in a foot race you see what i'm saying his inability to get an award doesn't suddenly make him like, yeah, that guy's slow. He might as well be a turtle, a tortoise, or a three-toed sloth. Are you kidding me? DK Beggar with another gifted member and gets us to the first 25 of the day. Thank you so much. I owe you guys five members. Every 25, I give five back to the community. Thank you guys so much for doing that. 
Do you understand? Like, it doesn't mean it's a bad game. It's like, it, that guy that gets fifth place in the 100 meter dash, you, you he would smoke you. He's in fifth place. Yeah, that guy's pretty. That guy's pretty slow. He's pretty slow. Okay, why don't you get off your couch and run with him then, and see how fast you fall over and die? You know, you get 20 meters out, and you're like, I'm cramping. Oh, and you just fall down. Like Hogwarts not getting a nomination doesn't suddenly mean like, oh yeah, it's a it's a bad game. It's like no, it just it just wasn't good enough. Good isn't good enough this year, man. It's too many big games. People are failing to see and understand the math. There's so many deserving games that split votes that it's extremely difficult to garner top five or top six votes in a category. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe that's a better way of saying it. Like, mathematically, it is so difficult to get nominated this year. Out of all the years, this year is extremely tough to get nominated. There's so, so many so many games that are and, and again you're like well w- review scores don't matter i nothing i've said today has tried to indicate that like if it, i'm oh i'm going to rely on review scores to tell you whether or not a game is good no review scores give us an approximation of a game's value it's an approximation so if a game gets shredded by the review outlets like Modern Warfare 3's campaign got shredded. Gollum got shredded. Kong got shredded, right? Are you going to say that those reviews don't matter? Are you going to say, that doesn't mean it's a bad game? Well, nobody's saying that that means it's a bad game. We're saying, well, that's an approximation of the game's value. Those those games are probably not very good. Uh, Those games are probably ones you might skip unless you're just wanting to play them for a laugh. Hogwarts Legacy is a 9 out of 10 game. It's just good. What? Comparatively, Raging Snake. Comparatively. If if you're fifth place in a race and you don't get an award and you go and you grab your gym bag and you hop on a plane and you come home, you are a good runner. You are probably considered a great runner. But you weren't good enough. And Hogwarts is a very good game. It's a good game. It does a lot of things really, really well. But then when you put it up against the rest of the year, it's like, yeah, good's not good enough. In another year, we might have said, yeah, this is an excellent game. But when the bar gets raised throughout the year by so many titles, your excellence suddenly looks like just good. See what uh, Talica said about the Hogwarts uh, soundtrack. It's original. People composed and recorded new pieces of music for the game. While they used the themes from the movies as reference, they didn't copy pasta it. Well, yeah, for sure. I don't necessarily think... I didn't want to indicate that it's copy pasta, but it's like when you have those melodies present, I think it makes it tough to be like, yeah, that soundtrack deserves to win. Like a, like a Star Wars game. Jedi Survivor had great music, but I don't, I don't know if I would say, oh yeah, that game deserves to be you know given a soundtrack award because it gets to it gets to lean it gets to lean a lot on actually I don't know how much of the music in Jedi Survivor pulled from uh, pulled from the classic music I don't know how much the classic melody showed up I'll be honest with you 
I would kick Zelda off of the best score in music faster than you can say Zelda. I don't know why it's even on there. The music in Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, I've never found them to be particularly good. It's like, okay, it's fine. I don't think it's a... It's like, oh yeah, you really gotta make sure Zelda gets nominated for a soundtrack. Like, when when Final Fantasy 16's up there, you know, and like, what Starfield should be up there, not Zelda. Hogwarts Legacy should be up there, not Zelda. Like, Zelda's the only one on the best score in music that just doesn't seem like... I can't say that the Zelda Tears of the Kingdom soundtrack is better than Starfield or better than Hogwarts. Like, even Survivor's music was really, really good. That one just feels out of place when you have titles like that. It's like, Starfield's original score was really good. Is Spider-Man in one of those categories? Not for music, no. No. Spider-Man's music is very, very good, but it's not at the level of, of like a Final Fantasy 16 or, or the other nominations. Maybe people should look at the fact that Harry Potter never got nominated for anything, eight movies and zero Academy Awards. It's actually surprising that Harry Potter never got nominated for costume design or music. I could see it not winning in the other categories. Those types of movies don't really play well for the Oscar crowd. You need to, you know, you got to be like a Scorsese or something if you're going to win a lot of those categories. It's nominated for Best Audio. Yes, yeah, Spider-Man 2 is nominated for Best Audio Design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man has seven nominations, I believe. And I think a lot of the categories that it's landing in, it will not win. Um, I don't think it'll win. It still is not saving my votes. I've once again, I, I've once again, none of my votes are saved. I don't, their website is having some serious issues. Generally, you need actual acting to win an Oscar. There's a lot of other categories, though. There's cinematography. There's original score. There's, I believe there's costume design. Um, there's a lot of categories at the Oscars that, you know, I'm kind of surprised Harry Potter never walked away with a win. Did they get not? I would imagine they got nominated though, right? Um, I realize this is a bit of a glitch. If you have a terrible year in games, there is still a game of the year. There isn't a standardized bar. I think that's a really good point that Lyle just made that, and I wonder if that's why there's this giant misconception that certain titles got snubbed because in previous years they would have been nominated in years that were weaker like last year was was a bit thin right you know there were a couple of years where you might have seen you would have seen a Hogwarts Legacy get a bunch of noms or you'd have seen Starfield get more noms than it did Phantom of the Night with seven months says, if it's any consolation, Hogwarts and Jedi both got 2024 Grammy nominations for their soundtracks. Oh, that's dope. Josh Allen with a VIP renewal and a five spot from Edward Hulse. Despite Final Fantasy 16 not getting a nom for Game of the Year, I'm happy with the ones it's up for. Best music, best performer, best narrative. Those, are, Yeah, those are good categories for Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, apparently I've been snubbed from voting. 
let me close it I just voted once and let me let me close it and see if it sa- saved my vote no yeah it keeps resetting my voting I don't understand I wonder if it's because I wonder if you have did I, did I decline cookies or something at one point is that the problem I wonder I've literally voted multiple times and like it does not save my votes I go to my profile I have a badge I I don't understand dude I don't get it it's it's attached to um I have a lot of badges actually I don't understand it have you voted in all categories wait do you have to vote in all categories I skipped some of the esports categories Skatenator with a gifted member agent of chaos goes to Skatenator today pushing us past the 25 and on to the next goal we go thank you so much Skatenator now we get 50 I owe you guys more members thank you so much sir stuffing the ballot I'm not doing that I upgrade to VIP because I want to participate in all the game of the year discussions looking forward to it thank you Josh I appreciate that Any takes on best performance? Your money's on Yuri. I think Ben Starr's going to win for Final Fantasy 16. You're just a good YouTuber in a world of great YouTubers. Try logging incognito from a private window. I I can't even log in. It just it connected to my it connected to my Twitter account. It's got an old it's got old stuff here though. Let me let me sync it. Let me let me I might have to I wonder if I have to resync because it's it's connected to an it's connected to an old um it's connected to an old Twitter account where the name has changed. Okay, game of the year. Let me vote. Okay, cool. All right, let me close that and then let me refresh. I I voted yesterday with you guys on Okay, now it's saving. That must have been it. It was synced with a Twitter account where I've since changed the name and it probably was just like, "No, this is not legitimate." Ben was great. Yuri 2 uh, with the Venom shift. Great emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Yuri had exceptional range, but I also think so did Ben. I think they both did really, really good. Yo, Doc's in the chat. He says, Xbox tax, Lono, it's real. How is it real, though? I don't understand, man. Hi-Fi Rush has as many nominations as two of the biggest franchises in the world. Hi-Fi Rush has five noms. Super Mario has five noms. Zelda has five noms. Ah. That's it. That's really, really good. You know? Maybe, just maybe, Doc, the nominations are based on quality and excellence, and Hi-Fi Rush did that, and uh, the rest of the Xbox titles this year didn't. Maybe that's what's going on. (laughs) I actually think somebody pinpointed it a little bit ago. They said... Even in a weak year where we, we don't have tons of great games, there's a game of the year. So there's no standard bar. So there are people that are thinking like, no, th- we've been snubbed. We have been snubbed because they're, you know, they're thinking historically from all the game awards that they've watched. They're thinking, how is Hogwarts not up there? How is Starfield not up there? And it's like, did you see the games that were nominated? Did you see the critical acclaim? for the six games that are nominated for game of the year it's overwhelming 
you you actually thought you stood a chance against those games in a voting process 120 outlets are going to vote from the games media and did you see the way that Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate and Spider-Man and Resident Evil and Super Mario and Zelda did you see the way they were praised it's a mathematical game at that point did you play Eliza P I did I think Liza P could actually win Art Direction, but the problem is it's in there with Alan Wake 2. That makes it tough. That makes it tough, I think. John always with a two spot. You don't pay tax if you don't buy games. <laughs> Come on, man. What? <laughs> That's pretty funny. People think that Xbox games have to be significantly better than other games to be recognized, hence the Xbox tax. Yes, they think that for some reason, like, they gave it to Hi-Fi Rush because they know no one will bat an eye if that game loses anything. Watch it lose best music. It's a rhythm game. Hogwarts Legacy was left out. Hogwarts Legacy is the only one I will say it's justifiable to complain about it being left out because the consumer response to Hogwarts is stronger than the critics. The critics were harsher to Hogwarts, and we know why. But even still, I think if Hogwarts would have had zero controversy attached to it, I still think it would have gotten outshined by the end of the year. It would have. I think Final Fantasy 16 would have beat it. Do you, do you guys honestly think that Hogwarts Legacy would have would have gotten a nomination for Game of the Year before Final Fantasy 16 or Diablo 4 or Hi-Fi Rush? three games that all scored significantly higher. Like, if there was no controversy at all, I don't know if Hogwarts Legacy suddenly jumps up and becomes a 90. A 90 aggregate score. I don't think so. Even if you remove the controversy, I don't see Hogwarts Legacy suddenly getting rubber banded up. I just don't see it. It's a good game. I think it's, you could even say it's a very good game. I think comparatively, it's not a great game this year. It's good. It's not excellent. It's not at the level of the games that have been nominated. It just isn't. I I liked it. I had a really great time with it. My wife played the game for like 60-some hours. I played for like 40-some hours. It was incredible. It was. It It was. But I don't think it hits the levels it needs to hit. Wasn't Diablo 4 broken at release? Or am I tripping? Diablo 4, the only reason I mentioned Diablo 4, Doc, is the critical acclaim of Diablo 4 was very high. The reason I don't think Diablo 4 is in the running for virtually anything is because as time has gone on, everybody's fallen out of love with it. So when they go to vote, they're like, yeah, I know we gave Diablo 4 a good score at launch, but I'm not playing that game right now. That game sucks. Joseph, coming back in with a gift, uh, with the membership. Welcome back. Barrier says, my concern hasn't been about it not getting a Game of the Year nom. It never stood a chance, obviously. It got zero noms. Starfield somehow managed to get at least one. Oh, as far as the the Hogwarts conversation. Eugene says, I wish we could remove the controversy. It's a convenient excuse that allows people to ignore the quality comparisons to other games. Iron Hand with 11 months of membership. All people are seeing is that their game is not on that list this year, while their game would have won over It Takes Two in 2021. Oh, I don't think so. No. Nope. Game of the Year nominees 2021. 
Resident Evil Village came out that year. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart came out that year. Metroid Dread came out that year. Psychonauts 2 came out that year. Deathloop was also up there. I don't think Deathloop deserves to be up there. And then It Takes Two. I don't know, man. It Takes Two was... I've played that game now three times. It's phenomenal. It truly is. It's a truly exceptional, ambitious experience. It's it's fantastic. It's got multiple game genres in one game. It is it is it is excellence. And sure, if you go back in time, Starfield would have been nominated in that year. I bet it probably would have been nominated over, you know probably over Psychonauts 2 or Deathloop maybe Metroid Dread you know Metroid Dread's tough because it's got the Nintendo it's got the Nintendo vote again the, the, the media is voting you gotta remember that you have to remember that the media is voting that's why I keep coming back to that I'm not talking about my own personal opinion here the media would have kept Metroid up there probably that year was a crime that Deathloop was up there for game of the year and Returnal wasn't that was stupid Returnal wasn't up there because most of the gaming outlets couldn't beat it, and that's so it didn't score well. Sadly, when you make a rogue, that's a risk that you're going to take. Your critical acclaim's not going to be as strong because if people can't beat it, my entire opinion of Returnal changed when I beat it. You do one successful run, and you say, I, I see, says the blind man, this game is excellent. If you don't beat it, if you don't get one full run, you'll never see the greatness of Returnal. You just won't. We may have had what we now call in retrospect thin years, but the actual top six in the game of year knobs for several years in a row have been really strong. Come on, honestly. Yeah, I mean, when when Ragnarok goes toe-to-toe with Elden Ring, I mean, yeah, last year was tough as well. And the PC gamer slept on Returnal. Returnal got its legs chopped off on PC because it, it, it uses the Epic Online store for co-op and everybody thought it installed the Epic Game Store. It ghost installed it and it didn't. And so the Steam guys revolted day one, and they were refunding and giving it low scores. So, Eternal is weak as a rogue. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm not even responding to that. That's just that's that is the weakest bait I've ever seen. It's breadcrumbs on a fish hook, dude. Not taking it. People are giving their reasons for why it should be nominated and saying it wasn't because of controversy. You're only seeing the latter. Again, I'm just going to keep coming back to Hogwarts Legacy was good. It was. Good's not good enough, dude. Good is not good enough. The year is too tough. Like, you can't take Hogwarts and put it up against Final Fantasy 16. You can't. Even if you remove the controversy, that game doesn't stand a chance. It doesn't stand a chance. The scope, the score, the writing, the voice acting, the story, the combat, the cinematics, the customization, the RPG elements. Hogwarts doesn't even stand a chance against a game like Final Fantasy 16. It doesn't. Breadcrumbs on a fish hook. You've never seen people put bread on a fish hook? Zubair, it's common fish bait. You you take it and you ball it up and you dough it up and you stick it on the fish hook. 
Can't also deny that Armor Core wasn't good enough? Sure I can. Look at its critical reception. What do you mean? Armored Core did not get strong enough critical reception to be up there. It didn't. We're talking about a jury process. Like, take... You guys have got to do this. I know it's hard. You have to take your personal opinion out. You have to take it out of the equation. Over 120 outlets weighed in. There is literally no way that Armored Core 6 stood a chance against these other titles. It just didn't. As good as it is, it's not good enough. It's th- Everybody hears this, right? I guarantee you there's a thousand clips out of context already of what I'm saying. It is about the voting process. And when the vote concludes, these are the best, it doesn't mean everyone else is bad. Everyone's basically self-reporting. Like, you've got this internal dichotomous narrative of, like, it's either black or it's white. It's either nominated or it's trash. It's either good or it's bad. It's either excellent or it's trash. Like, that just isn't the way this works. The year is so amazing. I think it'd be easier if you picture it like this. It'd be easier if you picture it like this. The six games that got nominated have all these amazing games right underneath it. They're all in line. And they just didn't get in. You know, it, it's not, it's, it really, really isn't about what your personal opinion is. It's a voting process and the way that the overall scores and the media landed, that's why I was able to predict all six game of the years. It wasn't, it's not difficult when you remove preference. I would have much rather have seen Final Fantasy 16 in the game of the year running over Resident Evil 4 Remake, according to my own personal preferences, I would have rather seen that. One game appeals to me a whole lot more. I like one game a whole lot more. I would have liked, you know, it, it, it's always a bummer when you have sequ- you know, lots of sequels. I think that's a valid thing to be like, man, there's a lot of sequels up there. Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Tears of the Kingdom. Like, that's a lot of sequels. And a remake. I could see people griping about that. You know? Baldur's Gate 3 is, for all intents and purposes, it's a sequel. Not really, but I mean it is. It technically is a sequel. So basically every video game up there is a sequel or a remake. Super Mario Bros. Wonder is essentially the continuation of the Mario Brothers games. I mean, come on. But they're so good that that doesn't matter. Like, they're so excellent and so well-reviewed that those things don't matter. Ragnarok with a $2 super chat tip. Not every player in the game can get MVP. That's exactly right. Not everybody can win the tournament. Like when you make it to the playoffs, right? And you got like, you got qualifiers, you got semifinals, you got finals, and then you got the tournament game, the championship game. Every step along the way, there are great teams. There are good teams. There are amazing teams that don't make it. And I, I, I feel like people are looking at it in a very, very narrow way. It's like, no, there's bias. There's an Xbox tax. No, there's not. If you look at the video game industry straight-faced and you thought Starfield stood a chance at getting a bunch of nominations this year, you either aren't playing enough games or you're being willfully ignorant. I, I continue to say... I think there's a ton of people out there that are like that guy on Twitter who said, I got a PlayStation 5 and I feel like I've been lied to. These games are great. They're not just movie games. They're not just 
boring, quick time event, heavy games. These games are great. I have been lied to. I think so many people that enter this discussion are in that category. They're in this clouded, deluded state. You've been misled to think that your games are so much better than they are, and all those games over there, there's all these reductionist summaries of them. These ridiculous reductionist summaries of these games. They're just movie games. Just nothing but quick time events. You literally have people on Twitter who were creating fake footage of Spider-Man to make it look bad. The guy that was jumping on the edge of a building to make it look like it was clipping and he couldn't get off. Just a liar. Just a lying smear merchant. And there are people that see that clip and then they see this and they think, how on earth did Spider-Man get a nomination? There must be an Xbox tax. We're expected to be so much better. Spider-Man 2 was super buggy and glitchy. Its bugs and its glitches don't hold a candle to the bugs and the glitches that were in Starfield. It's not even close. But because you have people on Twitter and people with YouTube channels who make money by misleading you, you have been put into a deluded state of thinking that the whole world is against Xbox and Xbox has to do such a better job to get praise. No, no. You've been convinced that you're cheering for an all-star team and all these other teams out here are bad. Why don't you just go watch a couple games and go play a couple games? Like, I'm telling you, the guys that, that, that guy that said that, that guy that got a PlayStation 5 and was like, he's like, I've been lied to. These, these games are excellent. I'm telling you, a lot of people that buy into the Xbox tax mantra, they have been misled by people who monetize dishonesty and misinformation. They make money on Twitter doing it. They make money on their podcast doing it. They're just not honest. And that's why the narrative holds. The, 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 narrative, the narrative wouldn't hold if everybody played all the games. You're convinced the games are trash. You don't pay any attention to them. You, you think there's, there's media bias. Yeah, yeah, Mario and Zelda, yeah, whatever. Rolling eyes at some of the longest standing franchises. Some of the most innovative games in history. And you're, they, they, get, they get hand waved and they get eyes rolled at them. Duh. I saw a clip of somebody saying, yeah, Starfield is in the RPG category. It's going to lose to Baldur's Gate, you know, because... What? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, because what? Because Baldur's Gate is the most nominated game this year alongside Alan Wake 2. Maybe that's why. Maybe because Baldur's Gate 3 is some of the most excellent examples of development and high-quality games in existence. Like, maybe that's why it's going to win RPG, of, you know, the category. Maybe that's why. Like I said yesterday, games aren't getting snubbed. They're not. Games aren't getting snubbed. Mediocrity gets snubbed. That's a fact. Like, if your game isn't at that excellent caliber, you're not making it. The only game I will give room for there to be disagreement about is Hogwarts Legacy. All the rest? No. You bash on Xbox? Where? Where have I ever bashed on Xbox? Give me an example of me bashing on Xbox. When you see five-second clips or 20-second clips taken out of context, maybe you believe that. But where have I bashed on Xbox? 
even today, I've not bashed on Xbox. I've said Starfield just isn't good enough. That doesn't make it bad. I even said in the show open, I said, set aside your ideas about whether or not it's a great game, good game, or a bad game. That doesn't matter. What determines the nominations is not those things. What determines the nominations is the aggregate conclusion of the game's media. And the game's media concluded that Starfield was fine. It was fine. It was okay. It was good. It wasn't a game that was blowing the doors off. You got games in the 90s. You honestly think that game deserved even a whisper of a chance when there's games in the 90s? Like, do you have any idea how hard it is to hold a score in the 90s? And you honestly think you're in that league? You know what I'm saying? Like, you hit a couple three-pointers and you think you're, you're, you're equal to Michael Jordan? Like, what are we even talking about here? That's not even bashing. That's just the reality. That's just the reality. Is like, You're not even in the same league as these games, bro. It's incredibly hard to hold on to a score above the 90s. Incredibly hard. And I said, going into this nomination thing yesterday, you can go back and watch. I said, I think the surprise will be Hi-Fi Rush will be in a lot of categories that people don't expect to see, and it is. It's in five categories. That's an Xbox title. That's not me bashing Xbox. That's me saying, hey, man, they got a great game over there. Y'all were all about throwing confetti in the air for for Hi-Fi Rush, but now we're going to look the other way when Hi-Fi Rush has as many nominations as Mario, when it has as many nominations as Zelda. Where's the flowers for for Hi-Fi? Where's the... the, the celebration and and the and the confetti. Why aren't you guys throwing a parade for Hi-Fi Rush, man? That thing's getting ignored because everybody got deluded into thinking that like Starfield was something that it just wasn't. It's like I'm sorry, but this is why I kept saying, look at the user scores. Look at the user scores. As time has gone on, the score keeps going down. Gee, I wonder why. When you get distance away from a bunch of hand-picked outlets, they're going to kiss the ring and lick the boot. Gee, I wonder why the score is going down. Maybe it's not as good as a game as everybody says that it is. Or at least the initial outlets. It's it's crazy, isn't it? That like you get distance from a bunch of hand-picked outlets. You get distance from early access review scores. And what has happened? Starfield score has gone down every week since it's been out. You think that's a game that should be up there for game of the year with games in the 90s? Seriously? Again, it's delusional. Your game doesn't get a pass simply because everybody was looking forward to it. If anything, that makes it harder on the game to be successful. Hi-Fi Rush was like Shredder's Revenge, a solid fun game, but not a game of the year contender. Well, I actually could see if if we were going to have the argument about like, should we haven't even had that argument today at all, which I'm surprised we haven't gone there. Should remakes be up there? Let's just grant for the moment that like, let, let's not put remakes up there. I actually could have seen Hi-Fi Rush get up there. It was, in my estimation, it was between three titles. If you bump Resident Evil 4 Remake off the Game of the Year podium, I think Hi-Fi Rush, Final Fantasy 16, and Diablo 4, I think those were your front runners for that slot. You know what I mean? Lono was lost, he got shook. What, what shook me? I don't understand. Did anybody say anything of substance other than that they think Starfield should have got a nomination? Like, 
in a, in a year with games that are this good, I don't I don't see why you would think that. Why would you think it would be up there? Hi-Fi Rush was extremely creative and original and well executed. It's deserving. Well, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh, Sea of Stars also could have been up there. That's true. I'm going just based on number of nominations, Victory. Based on the number of nominations, I could see Hi-Fi or Final Fantasy. I think they're they're the two frontrunners based on total nominations. Based on total nominations, if Resident Evil 4 Remake wasn't up there, it'd be Hi-Fi or Final Fantasy. Like, again, we're basing this off of the jury process. And the jury process communicates to me a lot of these outlets really liked Hi-Fi and they really liked Final Fantasy 16. So if we weren't going to let a remake up on the podium, it wouldn't have been Starfield. It wouldn't have been Diablo. It certainly wouldn't have been Hogwarts. It would have been Hi-Fi or Final Fantasy. Five spot from Thanaros. I don't think anyone really cares about the Game Awards. It's all Twitter ammo. Yeah, nobody cares. Just a, a hugely watched co-stream for me yesterday. Hugely watched stream yesterday. Jeff Keeley's Twitter's going viral. I mean, sure, the videos are going crazy, and you're all in here discussing it, but no one cares about it. You're right. You're right. The, this video's been viewed over 3,000 times already this morning, but no one cares about the Game Awards. My co-stream of it yesterday is already at 11,000 views on a small channel. My channel is not very big. A 30,000 sub channel has 11,000 views on my co-stream of the nominees, but nobody cares. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> the Game Awards viewership is rivaling like actual big production events in traditional media, but no one cares about the Game Awards? What? What are you even saying? I think that people who play the games should have been able to put in nominations. But the issue with that, the problem with that is these outlets have people assigned to play the games. If you have somebody who's really good at fighting games at your studio, I'm sorry, at your outlet, you're going to have them play like Street Fighter and then they're going to write your review. And then after the year is over, they go to these 120 outlets and they're like, give us the best racing games, give us the best fighting games, give us the best this. And you know what those outlets do? They comb back over their expertise and their reviews and they submit their answers. This idea that like, well, it should only be people who have played the games. Again, there are the people out there. I know they're out there because I've seen them in my own feeds trying to give me grief. Okay. Nobody cares, but according to Keeley, initial numbers, yesterday we had a 73% year-over-year increase in voting users for the Game Awards. But nobody cares. But there were people, and there are people that give me grief on this. They're like, but you haven't played the games. Okay, so what you're saying is, you can only vote and determine on every game in every category if you played every game that came out this year. No, I'm not saying that. Yes, you are. You just don't understand logic. The logic would dictate that if I can't speak on the games because I haven't played them, well, then neither can you. Oh, no, no, no. I think these are the best sports games. Did you play every sports game that came out this year? Well, I think these are the Game of the Year nominations because I've played these games. Did you play every single game that came out this year? No? Then you don't get to talk about it. According to your own logic and your own 
sort of gatekeeping who can talk about this or not because they trophy check on Twitter like a bunch of unwashed incels. Like, that's what they do. They check your trophies to be like, well, did you get a platinum? Well, then you can't talk about this either. The only person qualified to talk about game of the year, best driving game of the year, best sports game, is somebody who has played every single game that has come out this year because you may have missed a good one. You may have missed the best one. You may have missed the game of the year indie that, that hit Steam and you you forgot to play it. So unless you played every single game that came out this year to completion, then you can't talk either. Do you see? It's not about how much you have played or harm, or how many games I have played. They, they literally go to 120 gaming media outlets and they say... What do you think? You're in the business of playing and reviewing games all year long. Do some outlets rush their reviews? Probably. Do some outlets not give games a fair shake? I'm sure that happens. But when you go to over 120 outlets, you're generally getting a picture of where things are going to land, of where things landed that year. It's why it was super easy to open up Open Critic and say, yeah, I think game of the year this year is going to be Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Zelda. That wasn't difficult to do. It wasn't. It was like picking lotto numbers. It was like, these are the ones at the top. I don't see how anybody anybody gets above these. They're at the top. They're great. And instead of celebrating how great the year is, we're trying to run with conspiracy theory nonsense from people who post fake clips of bugs on Twitter to try to hurt a game rather impotently. That's the people you're going to run to for your narrative on like an Xbox tax or like, uh, you know, this is rigged or something like this is this is shenanigans. Come on. large numbers should eliminate noise that's exactly right that's exactly right that many outlets weighing in you're not falling prey to a bunch of outlets who like you're trying to insinuate that the outlets haven't played the games like that's what you're trying to insinuate you're trying to insinuate well these outlets didn't all play the games it's like this goes back to all the tiresome discussions we had about starfield The people that play the game for 50, 60, or 100 hours and leave a review, well, they're lying. Because nobody plays a game that long and and doesn't enjoy it. They're lying. And then there's the people who only played for like 12 or 15 hours like myself. Oh, you didn't play long enough. It's, It's an unfalsifiable position. Nobody can give Starfield a bad review. You can't. Because if you stop too soon, you didn't play long enough. If you play long enough, well, the only reason you played long enough is because you enjoyed it and you're just a liar. Because everybody plays games for hundreds of hours and gives them a bad review or a measured review where they give it like, I can't recommend this. Everybody does that because they're that committed. That, that they're, they're a really, really dyed-in-the-wool hater. I know so many people like that. It's like pathological behavior. You actually think people have done that, that they put in 50 to 100 to 200 hours only then turn around and say they didn't like the game because what is it some grand conspiracy is somebody paying that person to do that 
be fair why would you play a game for hundreds of hours if you're not enjoying it I, that discussion is so tired because you're asking a question that presumes something that isn't true it's a bad faith question you're presuming that somebody giving it a low score or a do not recommend means they weren't enjoying it that's not true you're just basing your question off of falsehood it's a bad faith question so I can play a game to its completion and I can say yeah I really wouldn't recommend this game that doesn't mean I'm saying I didn't enjoy it I hated every minute of it there were nights where I cried myself to sleep after a playing session because they were so bad no that's not what I'm saying you can put time into a game and conclude there's good, there's bad the bad outweighs the good I can't recommend this game it doesn't mean you were in misery the entire time I I could give an example I love the Borderlands games and the Borderlands pre-sequel is one where I put in the time played it to completion and I told people I don't think I can recommend this game it's not as good as the others it just isn't so you didn't like the game the whole time? No, I didn't say that. That's that's what that is. Is that's basically passive, false summary. It's it's like a, it's like a version of straw man. It's like, well, I'm gonna turn your statement into something that's not. Nobody, nobody that left those reviews were like in misery the entire time. The sum of the game's parts, they're like, I yeah, I can't, I can't recommend it. We've done this with movies and shows. You've watched an entire season of a show and you're like, that just was not very good. Well, you actually watched the whole season and you didn't enjoy it. It's like, come on. That, that's, we do this with all sorts of other media. We accept someone's review. We don't call it into question. You watched the whole thing? You know, you watched all three of the Star Wars prequels and you concluded that they were bad. Well, why'd you keep watching? It's like we wouldn't do that with any other media form. You wouldn't continue eating something you don't like. There it is. Now what you're doing, Cliffo, is you're ignoring everything I just said and you're restating the false summary. You wouldn't continue eating something you don't like, though. Once again, a reductionist summary of a negative review after hundreds of hours. You're saying the negative review means they didn't enjoy the game at all. That's a false conclusion. You're basing your question and your premise on a false conclusion. It's a bad faith question. It's disingenuous. It's dishonest. You know that it's not true. You know that somebody can play a game for 20, 30, 40, 50, or 100 hours and they don't hate it the entire time. There's elements that they might enjoy. Maybe they enjoy questing. Maybe they enjoy looting and shooting. But the UI and the NPCs and the bugs and the glitches and the loading screens, they just they just wear on the experience. Do you see? It's like they're not saying I give it a, I give it a, a thumbs down. I hated every minute of it. They're not saying that. You're claiming that they're saying that so that you can denounce their review. It's just dishonest sleight of hand. It's like this person writes a substantive review after hundreds of hours. And you're like, yeah, who plays a game that long and doesn't enjoy it? And it's like, that's not what they said. It's just trickery. It's dishonest. I don't respect it. It's 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 a form of, of reductionistic, like, it's disingenuous. It's like, that's not what anybody is saying about the game. 
I've never seen this with any other game. I've never seen a game where people are like, no one plays a game at length and leaves a bad review. What the frick are you talking about? People do that all the time. People do that all the time. Yes, I am covering the Nintendo indie thing. I am. People do that all the time. They play a game at length and then they give it a negative review. They're like, yeah, no, this is not a very good game. And no one has ever looked at bad review scores in Steam or anywhere and been like, oh, but like playing like a, a, this weird game of Clue. We're like, did they play it enough? Did they play it too much? Did they play it too little? Is this review legitimate? It's like, we don't do this with any other game, dude. I've never seen this before with any game. If a game gets middling scores, nobody combs over the reviews to be like, well, see, this guy played for 66 hours, and I just think that that's absolutely unreasonable. No one's going to play a game for 66 hours and then give it a bad score. What? Are you new to video games? It's easy to play something, find enough to keep playing, but not recommend it to others. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like I said, the Borderlands pre-sequel. Like, I didn't know that I was going to fundamentally find the game disappointing and not recommend it until I got to the end. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this to Borderlands fans. It falls short. It, it, you know, it falls short. Now, nobody could turn around and be like, well, that, that review's not legitimate. Nobody plays the games all the way to the end and then doesn't recommend it. People do that all the time. You're creating, you're creating new rules that I've never seen created before in the, in, in the gaming world because of a bias. It's like, well, you've been convinced, you're convinced it's a great game. So there's no way anybody played it at length and actually thinks that. And it's like, well, of course there are. There's plenty of people who play games all the way through and are like, yeah, I just didn't think this game was very good. You know? I Ultimately, when you go to reviews, what you're doing is, is you're reading someone's opinion. You're reading someone's experience. You're not reading like a objective breakdown of, you know, uh, like it's not a tech breakdown. They're not saying, okay, it's got four wheels and it goes this fast and this kind of engine that it had. Like, that's not it at all. You're reading someone's opinion. So the idea that we're going to get like, well, no, this opinion's not legitimate for this reason or that reason or the other. It's like, what's more suspicious is the fact that you're on some goal to create some false narrative. Like the false narrative that it got Starfield got bad scores because it's a bad port. You're, you're saying that to pander to your audience. You're not saying that because that's genuinely true. Game has bad middling scores everywhere. And when you read the reviews, I've never seen a bad port get bad reviews from people who have played for hundreds of hours. Bad ports don't get played for very long. They get refunded. Like, they get refunded. They get shredded. They don't get middling scores. They don't. They don't get people to play for hundreds of hundreds of hours. They play for a couple hours. They're like, this game runs like trash. They refund it, and they're on their merry way. And the score goes into the toilet. It's not even good or bad. It's whether you would recommend it to somebody. I like Long John Silver's, but I would never recommend someone eat there. (laughs) Right, that's the other thing. You could play the game for 100 hours and be like, yeah, there's good, there's bad. I had fun 
I got frustrated. It's kind of a mixed result here. And you fundamentally conclude you're like, mm, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't recommend this game. That's not bashing it. <laughs> like, that's not bashing it. That's not even saying that it's a bad game. That's just saying I can't recommend it. Like, there's, there's just very, very specific things that I think get lost when we when we get into this weird battle of like, well, we're paying an Xbox tax, and it's like, no, you just haven't played enough games this year. Did you play Hogwarts? Did you play Jedi Survivor? Did you play Final Fantasy 16? Did you play Spider-Man 2? Did you play Alan Wake 2? Did you play Baldur's Gate 3? I've played all these games. And they all have, I think, something about them that I'm like, yep, I can see why people praise this game. You can see why people praise this game. Like, you can read reviews about a TV show or a movie, and you've not seen it yet, and you know, you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure where this game's gonna, this movie's gonna land. Like, when the reviews started dropping for some of the late-stage Avengers movies, you knew, you were like, yeah, these, these movies are gonna be great. They're gonna be a good time. They're getting great scores. I've watched all the ones up to now. Like, you as a moviegoer you have a framework of understanding. Like, we as gamers have a framework of understanding of games that when you see review outlets landing in a certain place, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this game's, this game's gotta be good. This game's gotta be good. Seven minutes in Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't count. I mean, I know you're capping, and I know people always try to throw that in my face, but isn't it amazing how without playing some of the games to completion I was able to perfectly predict the 6th game of the year nominations isn't that interesting? isn't it funny that the constant charge that I don't know what I'm talking about that concerted effort from people to convince you to not watch me isn't it interesting how wrong they all were? don't you find that funny? maybe there's a concerted effort to like yeah don't watch him don't watch him because there's something else going on? Did you ever think about that? It's not hard to look at the gaming world and make approximations of where games land in their value. That doesn't have anything to do with your enjoyment. It doesn't have anything to do with your enjoyment. You can get an approximation of value for a fighting game. And you're like, wow, this fighting game is scoring great. This fighting game is probably going to win an award in the fighting category. And you could never touch the game and be like, I don't really play fighting games. Like, does that make sense? Like, you don't even have to enjoy the genre. You don't even have to play the game. And you can say, oh yeah, that game's probably on its way to a nomination. Look at what everybody's saying about it. You don't have to like action movies or comedy movies to know, hey man, that movie's doing really well. It's probably going to get some nominations. You know? I think the reason people make it personal and they attack me personally or maybe they attack you personally or they attack others personally on Twitter the reason they do that is because they take this personal they've so fully integrated into their identity as like a gamer who shares their trophies on Twitter because like that gives them value and meaning or they fully integrated with being like they cheer for Xbox or they cheer for PlayStation they have so fully integrated into a brand that they can't they can't really deduce the situation as well he's criticizing the game or he's just being objective or he's just saying this or he's just saying his opinion they feel attacked 
it's why they respond with personal attacks and I don't. It's like, I'm not going to attack you personally. I don't really care to do that. I can sit here and look at the scores and I can tell you where games are going to land, what games are going to get nominated, what games aren't. And you know what? None of that's personal. It isn't. It's not personal when we do it with movies. It's not personal when we do it with music. If you look at the general consumer success, commercial success, or critical acclaim of certain movies or albums or or TV shows, and you say, yeah, I think these are the shows and movies and stuff. These are the ones that are going to get nominated this year. No one's going to say, well, you've not watched them all or listened to them all. No, that's not at all what's necessary to commentate on these things. It isn't. And the reason you take it personal is because you've too fully integrated with it. Like, it's not something that will give you life, and it's not something that will help you flourish. You're not going to feel better in the morning because your game won and another game didn't. You're going to feel better for a little bit. But whatever vacancy, whatever hole you're trying to fill, you're not going to fill it with these things. They're immaterial. They're mechanical. They mean nothing. They're zeros and ones. They're meant to be leisure and enjoyment, and you're trying to put them somewhere where they don't fit. trying to put them somewhere where they don't fit these things will not give you personal value and satisfaction they won't and that's why you get so frustrated and so emotional and so angry and you lash out and you self-report and you're like look at this idiot coping and look at this and it's like we're just having a fun debate and a discussion this isn't personal for me if it's personal for you you gotta figure out why you gotta figure out why I gotta give you guys a link. We gotta go to this Indie World Showcase. Are we finally gonna see Silk Song? I have no idea. <clears throat> Everybody's hoping. Everybody's hoping. I'm enjoying Starfield, but I can see why others may not like it. A five spot from Shattered Glass. You don't have to complete a game to know it's great. That's kid stuff. Grow up, some of you. I, again, yeah, you can know a game is good. I missed this super chat. I'm so sorry. Mr. Grimm with a $10 super chat. I myself don't put too much stock into the video game awards, but anyone who thinks there's a grand conspiracy against Xbox games is too far gone to have a discussion with. It's just not worth it. And the, and I think I think what's so frustrating about it is... I think so many of them think what they think and feel what they feel because they've been misled. I think they've been fundamentally misled. I think, let's just call that guy, let's just call that guy Larry. They're all Larry. There was a guy I saw that said he finally got a PS5 and he felt like he had been lied to. He's like, these games are excellent and we've been lied to and we've been told that they're not excellent. I think there's a, I think everybody's Larry. I think they're all convinced there's an Xbox tax and Xbox has to do better to even get the recognition that these other companies do. You've been lied to. You're not playing enough games. You're not exposing yourself to the other games that are out there. And if you would, you would be like, it would be like scales coming off of your eyes. You'd be like, I can see now. I can see why so many people have praised these games. I can see now why these games win awards and these games over here don't. I get it. It would make sense to you. It's what happened to me. I got a PlayStation. I started playing the games, and I was like, "These games are excellent." Because I didn't have some predisposed, you know, position to like, you know, 
hold a line or stay brand loyal. I didn't care about any of that crap. I bought both systems, and when games came out, I played them. And the magnetism of quality drew me to one side. It doesn't mean I can't be drawn back to the other side. It doesn't mean I can't sit here and be like, hey man, hat tip to Hi-Fi Rush, man. That's excellence. That's creativity. That's innovation. It deserves all these nominations. Why can I say that? Well, because I'm not brand loyal. I don't care whose, whose game it is. It doesn't matter to me doesn't matter to me i watched my daughter play hi-fi rush to completion and she loved it i helped her every once in a while i was like this is a great game this is a great game and you'd be freed up to say those things and to feel those things if you would let go of whatever weird allegiance you have to some brand that's not doing anything for your happiness or your joy it's making you a miserable and unkind person you know is your brand loyalty making you kind is it making you nice is it is it making you friends i feel like a lot of these people are just they're just constantly miserable you know let's go over to this the link in chat is where we're heading do me a favor all right do me a favor smash the like button on our way out of here and then smash the like button when we get over there i owe you guys five members we got 26 out of 50 already today and we're gonna go over there all right let me refresh the stream so i can go live and then I'm going to redirect you. You can click the link in chat. You can click the link in chat, or I'll try to redirect you. It'll also be the featured video on the channel. Thanks so much for checking out this co-stream of the Nintendo Indie World Showcase on November the 14th. You can skip ahead. It'll go live in about 10 minutes. So if you want to fast forward 10 minutes, if you're watching the past broadcast, we are obviously all crossing our fingers for Silk Song. I'm convinced it's probably next year. So it, 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 it may not be a part of this showcase. But every time Indie World promotes the event and there's like banners and blogs... Hollow Knight Silk Song is in there. So we're going to watch this. We're going to react to it. We're going to discuss it. And then I'm going to hang out with members. I do owe members, so I'm going to do that earlier here in the stream. I'm going to end the previous stream where we talked about whether or not games got snubbed at the Game Awards. I'm going to bring people over from that stream. If you want to go check out that, I 